Hi, and welcome to Kleinversations, Klein ISD's podcast about all things teaching and learning. I'm Monica Schallenberger, and I'll be the host for each episode, and my guests will be rotating educators from all over our school district. This podcast is for anyone wanting to expand their knowledge about teaching and learning, and hear our conversations about the journey of educators being joyful, reflective, transparent, and deliberate about applying their learning to transform the world. Our guest today is no stranger to Conversations, as she was on our inaugural episode last year. I'm excited to announce Dr. Jenny McGowan is back as a guest today. Superintendent Dr. Jenny McGowan has deep roots in the Klein community and serves as the first female superintendent for our 54,000 students in our school district. She is a dedicated leader who has also served Klein ISD in the roles of deputy superintendent, chief learning officer, executive director, principal, assistant principal, and classroom teacher. Dr. McGowan has recently been named the 2019 Outstanding Woman in Education by the American Association of University Women, North Harris County Branch for her contribution to the field of education. Additionally, she was recognized as one of the top 40 professionals under 40 across all sectors in the greater Houston area by the Houston Business Journal in 2017 and the Houston Biz Woman headliner in education in 2018. For her full bio, see Dr. McGowan's accomplishments linked in the show notes. Today's episode is full of content around how to lead from your seat. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's take a listen now. Hi, Dr. McGowan. Welcome to Conversations. Glad to have you back. Thank you, Monica. Always great to be here. We're going to start our episode like we do with all of our guests with you celebrating something from the district in connection to teaching, learning, and students. Awesome. Well, lots of great things happening, of course, but I will say one thing that has really just continually uh, made me so proud and so excited is the district-wide day of service that is being completely led by our students on March 25th, Klein Family Serves. Uh, It was so awesome last year when the student leaders from Klein High School decided that they wanted to lead a day of service at their high school to give back to the community that they said has given so much to them. And now to see that expand to student leaders at every single high school and then to student leaders elementary all the way Mm -hmm. through through high school is just amazing. Yeah, and I'm so, pattern. Yeah, I'm so it. proud of like their passion and their commitment. Mm-hmm. They are truly organizing every detail. They're reaching out to all of the different folks that uh, they want to go and serve and bless. And I think that's amazing. And they're getting other students that maybe have never volunteered before get connected so that they can have an opportunity to experience uh, what it's like to volunteer and give back in the community. And so every time I think about March 25th coming up, I just have a big smile on my face because I'm just so proud of our kids and their hearts for service. And not only of course, we've got lots of kids that do great things academically and in the arts and athletics. But when you really think about it, what's going to make the world a better place mm-hmm. for all of us is students that have excellent character. And so I'm just really proud of the, the leadership and the character that they're demonstrating through this event. So yeah, I agree. hope everybody tunes in to see yes. these amazing kids in action on March 25th, yeah. uh, making the world a better place with simple acts of service and volunteerism. And if you're not busy, you can help as well. That's right. Yeah. The oh, whole yeah, community I'm, can get involved that's and right. have a positive impact on Yes. Everyone. In fact, while we are talking about yeah. it, I will just plug, uh, they're still looking for other opportunities to serve. So if you're listening and you are 
are in our area and you've got um, a way that our students could could help and support um, something with your organization or in your area, uh, please go to the website and click on Climb Family Serves and we will definitely take a look at that and see if there's a way that we can sync up and meet those needs. So yes, we want to help. It's going you. to be amazing. Okay, so we're going to dive into our topic now. And this has kind of been a theme over various groups in our district with our administrators and district all doing a book study that you started over big potential. Our specialist leadership team is doing that, but also our teacher leadership development summit has yes. had that theme of lead from your seat. And that's going to, going to be what we're talking about today. Right. So when you're thinking about teachers, but really anybody who's leading from their seat, what kind of leadership qualities do you think that they exhibit consistently across the board? Yeah. So I think one of the great joys that I have in my role today is that I get the opportunity to visit with uh, all 7,000 employees in Klein ISD. And so uh, one of the, the joys of the time that I get to spend with them is that, you know, I'm, I'm talking with teachers, I'm talking with our bus drivers, I'm talking with our plan operations. Um, I just get to really see so many different perspectives within our Klein family about the meaning of the work that they do and, and what they bring to the table every single day for, for the district. And so when I think about this idea of leading from your seat, and I think about the kinds of leadership qualities that people who do lead from their seat, whatever that seat may be, exemplify, I think the first thing that really comes to mind is uh, a spirit of humility and curiosity. I think that we have lots of experts in lots of different areas in our district. And while it's always uh, critical, of course, to the success of our, our district and to the organization to be able to be an expert um, in your particular area, I think that sometimes one of the dangers of expertise is that people can lose their spirit of humility and their spirit of curiosity. And so people that I see leading from their seat, whether they're bus drivers or their teachers or their administrators or their volunteers in the community or their students like the students I was just talking about uh, for Klein Family Serves. They are people that are very humble and they're very curious about the world around them. Um, and I think to couple up with that, that after that spirit of humility and curiosity, they're people that have an, a genuine desire to serve. So they're looking at the world, they're asking questions, they're interested about the things that are happening around them, uh, which that in and of itself, I have to say, is like such an endearing quality. Like there's so many people today that want to be interesting. Like they want to yeah. be like the topic of conversation. They want to make sure that people are interested in them. But when you're around somebody who's just genuinely interested in others, man, that's so endearing. And so I think that's part of the whole leading from your seat is like when you're interested and you're curious and you're humble and you're asking questions and you're identifying challenges, when you couple that up with a spirit of service, uh, that you're not just identifying problems and then admiring the problem and just getting stuck in that step, but you're really thinking about how can you bridge the gap between the problem you've identified and the skills and the talents that you bring to the table, no matter what your role is, that's, that's where people can really be empowered to lead from their seat. And I think this step that you're talking about ignites in me the specific names of people that I get to be involved in with the new teacher mentor program. Our lead mentors in this district are one, I might be biased, but they're one of my favorite group of groups of 50 staff members in this district who just genuinely care about the greater good and really pouring into new teachers. That's but this awesome. week I had a great Skype call with um, four to five different lead mentors who kind of stayed after our meeting and and it's Mary Oldham, Gail Robinson, Sue Blackman, and Rhonda Davis. And their humble spirit of just asking questions and wanting to grow. They're all veteran teachers. They all have this art down and they know what they're doing. But the fact that they had this humble spirit to just ask for assistance yeah. and, hey, teach me this. And they were giggling and they were sending me their products in an email. <laughs> and I couldn't stop laughing. And I got off the phone just feeling so inspired by these veteran teachers who were ready to show up but weren't 
in that veteran spirit of I know everything, they were still like, hey, I don't know how to do this in Google. Will you right. teach me real quick? And I right. just – so I they, just, they yeah. have that level of expertise, yeah. obviously, from many years of serving well and but continuing they're so to learn. That's right. But and they're still humble. Growing. And That's I just right. I just felt so refreshed Tuesday when I got off the phone with them. It was at the end of a long day. And it's just, I don't know, it was just it, their their spirit was just so, like I said, inspiring. Yeah. So, okay, second, your second step of leadership qualities that you see. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll hone in on the, the service bit because what you shared just really made me think about some other people that I've had the blessing of knowing in my career that I think have exemplified what it looks like to lead from your seat, you know, um, over the, the holidays, um, my mentor teacher, when I was a first year teacher, uh, here in the district, I was so fortunate to become, um, the mentee of Lynn Dozier, who was a teacher at Klein Forest High School. She taught there for 30 years, um, high school English teacher. I was a high school English teacher. And honestly, Monica, we did not have the good fortune at that time that all of these folks that you're taking such yeah. good care of, and, and we didn't have a real formal program for new teacher, uh, training and mentorship and, and coaching. And so I honestly do not know how Lynn Dozier became my mentor. Uh, our classrooms were separated by like lots of intersections and yeah. we were on totally different parts of the district, but I just became so fortunate to get connected to her. And when I, when I look back at someone who truly led from her seat, I think about Lynn Dozier. Um, she led from the classroom. And so uh, in reflecting on her life, of course, especially uh, lately and uh, really thinking about the many, many things that she taught me. Uh, I had the the great honor of getting to speak at her service. And afterwards, when I got home, my, my family, of course, was with me at the service. And my kids had listened to what I had said about this extraordinary woman who just exemplified the absolute best of what it means to be a professional educator. And uh, my son said to me, Mom, do you think that Miss Dozier could have been a superintendent? Oh. And I said, yeah, Josh, I'm sure she could have been. But you know what? She wanted to be in the classroom. Yeah. And she led from the classroom every single day. And she is still leading me through the example that she gave yeah. from the lessons that she taught me and from the impact she made on my life. And I just, I think about that. You know, how many teachers we have in our district who are so extraordinary and who mm -hmm. do such incredible things every single day for students and for their colleagues and who really, like I said, exemplify the best of what it means to be a teacher. And those, those people are so powerful. You know, I think about all the time that they're all the research. I mean, there's so many different things we know now about how the brain works and how people learn. And I think about, you know, at the end of the day, we're all very clear on the fact that the greatest impact on student learning is the quality of the teacher in the classroom. Yeah. And so what a powerful place to lead from your seat, you know, not only to lead the students in your career every day, but to lead your colleagues, to lead new people to the profession. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've made a pledge to myself and I'm going to talk about Lynn as much as mm -hmm. possible and make sure that her name and her legacy lives on in this district for many, many years to come. Uh, because she really, she exemplified not only humility and curiosity, but that spirit of service that she was going to step into whatever moment she was in, whether it was with a student or with a teacher or with a parent or even in the community after she retired and she served on our board of directors at the education foundation. Uh, she just used every talent and gift that she had to make the world a better place. So I, I lift up and honor Lynn in the way that yeah, she led from great. her seat. That's There's awesome. also other legends. I mean, I could go on and yeah. on. There's so many great people in the district, but um, I will say I had the opportunity uh, recently as well to speak to one of our principals, uh, Johnny Perry. And I'd share this with our teacher leader uh, folks, I think in the spring, but uh, she and I were chatting one day and she said, you know what, Jenny, she said, I don't go to work. I go to help. And so I think about, you know, all of us in whatever our roles are in the district, 
getting up in the morning and having that spirit of like, I'm not going to work. Mm-hmm. I got to help. Like what I'm going to go do today is I'm going to have my eyes open and my heart open and my mind open to see the needs in my midst. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to be curious. And when I see those things, I'm going to step in and I'm going to be helpful. And that can be little things from, you know, the way that um, the bus driver notices when a kid gets on the bus that maybe they're, they're tired or they're, you know, something hasn't gone right on the way to, on the way yeah. to the bus stop that morning to the way that a teacher, you know, identifies a particular gap in a, in a student's learning and is able to like get in that place and, and help um, to the way that we help one another as colleagues. I think that we, sometimes we overcomplicate the idea of leadership, but just that simple idea of I don't go to work, I go to help is something that when Johnny said it really has stuck with me and I've shared with others as well. Yeah. And that fits her spirit perfectly yes, too. She's so helpful yes, and sweet. And so I, joyful. for the last couple of weeks, I keep hearing the same message in different articles or media outlets, which is crazy. <laughs> but instead of saying like, I have to do this, mm-hmm. I have to answer emails. I have to call this parent back. I have to do these things that can sometimes be a chore. Then you, you change that sentence to, I get to do this because somewhere someone wishes they had your job or it helps you just change that mindset into a more positive standpoint because they say in self-awareness I mean sometimes you're just going to get bogged down by the day but to have that positive mentality of like to be grateful for what you have I get to do this and it can really just help shape your role you know leading from your seat okay any other leadership qualities that you think besides all the things you just said in those examples too you named so many (laughs) I think that the only other thing I would say too is just that leading from the seat requires taking initiative Mm -hmm. you know and sometimes that can be scary like Mm -hmm. to step out there and um, to take once you've you know been curious and humble and once you've identified that there's a need that you have a gift and talent that could help um, that you could actually step into that and be helpful uh, actually taking the initiative to do it yeah. and I think that uh, when I think about people you know even in history that have solved huge problems or sparked um, very important conversations in, in, our, in our country and across the world I think those those are people that were willing to take the initiative Um I think about uh, Rosa Parks, who like quite literally led from her seat, you know, when she decided that enough was enough and she was going to uh, utilize her presence, her physical presence to change the conversation and to change the experience of thousands of people. Uh, I think about people like Mother Teresa, of course, you know, with her her constant uh, small acts of kindness and love, making a, a global impact um, and leaving such a legacy. I mean, these were people that didn't just talk about it, didn't just think about it, didn't just identify oh, that something could be done. They were people who actually did something. Right. And so I love it when I see people in our, in our Klein family who uh, aren't, aren't allowing, you know, whether it's their title or their, you know, designated roles and responsibilities. Like if they see a way that they can be helpful, they are jumping in and doing that thing. And so I think it, you know, it does take being in a place where you feel psychologically safe to do that. Mm -hmm. But but sometimes, too, when you've identified what needs to be done um, and you've got that spirit of service and humility and curiosity, a lot of the fear dissipates because you're so compelled to do that thing that's going to make the world or make somebody's life experience better. And you talking about taking initiative, it just reminded me of the the actual benefits that can come from that. Sometimes I think it's easy to get, there, especially in education, I know there's different listeners, but in education, there's so many things to do. And sometimes you think you're giving some initiative, but I'll never forget my appraiser. This is five years, six years mm-hmm. ago now, Alicia Icorn. She's a current oh, assistant yeah. principal at Klein awesome. High. Um, she was actually a classroom neighbors with me before she got the AP okay. job. So we had a little bit of a background, but 
we were just talking and discussing like administration. And she said, you know what? You're not really involved in any committees. I'm thinking to myself, well, I'm a volleyball coach. I have four preps. <laughs> when am I going to do this? But it was, it was just the conversation I needed to have. And honestly, I'd never thought about it before that because I was doing an extracurricular. I had multiple preps, but it was one of the best moves I could have made as a teacher first because I was helping the greater good. Yeah. And I chose a couple of committees that worked with my time frame. Um, but one of the better things that it could have done is give me a more global view of the community that I helped serve, which at that point was Klein High. And it's very interesting. And it makes you think a lot more outside of yourself when you get to see decisions being making made for make, made for the campuses <laughs> instead of I'm in my classroom, I'm in my bubble, I'm in the gym, whatever the case is. So um, that's something I was encouraging the year two teachers yesterday at our new teacher um, event. Uh, just get out. Now is the time to start getting out of the classroom. Last year, you were year one. This year, start thinking outside of just your bubble, even though you might be drawing. Just choose one thing. Mm -hmm. Choose one committee. Choose one person to mentor. Choose one organization to be involved in. So you can kind of start to slowly go outside of your comfort level. And that, that's advice for any teacher. Maybe you're just realizing, you know, that that's not something you've done. It doesn't have to be like you go get involved in every single thing, take initiative everywhere, be the yes man. It's also balancing that. And so that's just something that came to mind when you were talking. And just, just again, with the humility and the curiosity, just approaching things with a spirit of learning, you know, mm -hmm. so maybe you get on that committee in your second year, mm -hmm. not because you're, necessarily getting on the committee to solve the problem right, right then, but you're getting on the committee to learn more mm -hmm. about how things work. You're getting to learn more about your colleagues and different people who, you know, may have it as their number one responsibility every single day to be solving that particular problem or to be performing that particular duty. And I think that that's part of it too, is that if you're going to lead from your seat, it's, it's difficult to do that well, if you're not someone who's committed to always learning. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, giving yourself different kinds of learning experiences. Mm -hmm. Of course, we all learn in different ways. We read blogs, we listen to podcasts, right. like conversations. Yes. Uh, but we also learn a lot from just working with other people mm -hmm. um, in different experiences. So I, th I think that's great. Um, there's lots of good things that can come from putting yourself in a different setting that maybe you're not used to or putting yourself in a different kind of um, environment that exposes you to different ideas and perspectives to inform your own. And I think this profession lends itself to being so community-based that if you don't know where you should serve or you don't know what kind of gifts you have, sometimes people aren't aware. I talked to a teacher yesterday and she's like, I don't know what I'm good at. I'm like, oh, come on, there's something. <laughs> and so I think one of the, the better things to do is just talk to the people around you. Say like, these are the gifts I think I have, or can you identify these for me? And then where can I put this in place in my organization or on my campus, because I told, I was talking to some of the teachers yesterday, having informational interviews is in, in at elements has things called empathy interviews. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that doesn't have to take a long time, but just start calling people in different positions in your organization and say like, okay, what are the things that stress you out? What are the things that I could maybe lend, even if it's something small and really providing that community service and a direct work community yeah. that you serve every single day, Monday through Friday, right. multiple hours. So. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons I truly love getting to spend time and getting to go visit mm -hmm. campuses in the district and meet with faculties is because the questions that people ask or the things that folks will come up to me afterwards and talk to me about really does help me to better understand the experience that ta is taking place every single day so that I can enter into, um, 
different things that are shared with me with a spirit of service and and the desire to help make everybody's experience better. So yeah, I think that that's, that's really cool. The empathy. I think we've done a lot of things with listening tours yeah. in the district. And I love that where you're intentionally building time mm-hmm. to go and talk to different groups of people to listen to what it is that they're experiencing. And I think that's part of leading from your seat too, because uh, if you're, if you haven't correctly identified what yeah. people need, you know, mm-hmm. you could be going about doing all this yeah. and working really hard to, 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 like put some different things into action that may or may not actually solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's, again, where that humility, I, I keep coming back to it, but it's so true. You know, if you're not really listening and able to suspend your own bias and judgment to hear what people are saying, uh, you may invest a lot of time and energy in things that actually don't make people's lives any better at mm-hmm. all. And I think that's true for with listening to our students' voices. Right. You know, that's why I'm always such a uh, big fan of when I hear teachers talking about like, yeah, and I asked my kids about this and I asked for feedback and they told me this about my teaching style or about the way the class was you know, designed and people that are genuinely always seeking that input and that feedback to improve their own practice. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's really, it benefits everybody. Um, and it keeps it fresh. I remember that I will, I'll go back to Lynn for a second, but that was one of the things she said to me recently. Uh, you know, thanks for listening to students. They always improved my lesson plans. Mm-hmm. And I just think like, that's the wisdom of, yeah. of a teacher like Lynn, you know, she knew that the student voice could, was, was powerful in improving the work that she did every single day. So yeah, that's great. It's fun. All right. So we wrap, we're going to wrap up our topic there and kind of go into our next segment of this episode, which is some of your favorite things. So what's one favorite thing in education right now? You know, I really am encouraged by the conversation I see taking place, certainly in Klein ISD, but really nationally around personalized learning. And when I think about that, you know, just the desire to recognize that students are unique, that students bring with them not only their academic gifts and qualities, but also their um, their emotional resources, mm-hmm. their uh social resources. I I think the idea of being able to really capitalize on what energizes students for their own learning um, is really exciting. So I'm really uh, thrilled about the first cohort of the personalized learning uh, campuses that are going to be doing a really deep dive into Mm -hmm. some uh, supports and opportunities related to personalized learning. But just this uh, collective commitment to know every student by name, strength, and need. Uh, Very easy to say, challenging to do. uh, But the, you know, of course, having the desire to do it is an enabling condition to getting it done. So I'm very (laughs) excited about personalized learning and, and just the conversation that's happening across the nation and definitely here in Klein ISD. Agreed. It's definitely fun. Okay. So what's something that is just your favorite thing in general in life? Wow. It doesn't have to be work related, but it can if you want it to <laughs> My be. My favorite thing in life. Just wow. right now. Like not just right now. Forever. Gosh, you know what? I will say the last couple of weeks, Joshua and Mary Claire have started cooking dinner. Oh. And so that wow. is something that both Brian and I are really enjoying right now. Uh, last, gosh, the last one you was get there. Uh, yeah, shrimp quesadillas. <laughs> oh, I was pretty impressed. impressed. And yes. also you're being a risk taker because <laughs> undercooked shrimp can always taste a little squishy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, it was delicious. Oh, so good for that's you. really fun. Yeah, I would say yes. that's anytime someone wants to make dinner. Exactly. I'm all about that. Yes, okay. And then sure. what's just a favorite book right now? I know it's hard to pick a favorite book because you're oh, a reader. Gosh, but. Yes, I, I am a reader. I love to read. Uh, I will say that I am really enjoying the book that we're reading uh, all the principals and district leaders right now. Big Potential by mm-hmm. Sean Acor. Uh, excellent book. It's all about how every 
dimension of human performance is improved by optimism and positivity. And it's not just a bunch of fooey. It's actually yeah. based in science. Research. So in research. So it's been really um, interesting to think about the impact of uh, what he calls the happiness advantage on your intelligence, your creativity, your leadership, and just a really interesting collection of examples from around the world, yeah. all different fields of research. Um, but yeah, that's been a fun, a fun read. Yeah. And we've been having some good conversations together as leaders about how does that, how, what, what are the implications and the connections for our work in education? So, and really, if anyone's listening, it's connected to this content so much about it's helping others. Big potential by Sean Well, thank you so much for taking time to record this episode with us. Oh, always a joy. And we will look forward to seeing you in the next couple of months as well. Awesome. Thank you. I enjoy Dr. McGowan's unique perspective on leadership backed by her lengthy experience in education. I think we can all be challenged to stay humble and curious while focusing on the people we serve. Lynn Dozier and the other examples in this episode were and are admirable coworkers to the lives they touch, and we can all strive to be that for the people we are surrounded by every day. It's important that we see it as a privilege to help our students and ed- fellow educators each day. I'm happy to kick off 2020 with this episode with these reminders. Here's to taking our learning and transforming the world.